Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to attempt to preach the shortest sermon I've ever preached in my entire life. Now, that's actually not true. I remember the first sermon I ever preached. Um, the first sermon I ever preached probably lasted all the 15 minutes, and it felt like 5,000 hours because I was so nervous. And so it won't be shorter than that, uh, but we're going to try, try to try to condense this. Uh, we're starting a series today called More Than Able, More, More Than Able. And I'm just telling you, I'm so glad you're here today. Because I really do believe for every single person in the building, God wants to speak to you and do something in your life significant today. I just think today is not just a big step for people experiencing freedom, but it's a big step in taking a step forward in the life that God has for you. Uh, Pastor Gill, as many of you know, uh, Pastor Gill and Debbie are taking some extended time off. Uh, both personal vacation and, and, and uh, ministry-related uh, through, throughout the month of July and a little bit of August. And so I was asked if I would put together a sermon series uh, for Sunday mornings. Um, I hope that it's not dawning on you right now, oh my goodness, Pastor Gill will not be here. Maybe we should be some, somewhere else. Someone before church said, wait a minute. They said, wait, so he, are you preaching today? And I said, for better or for worse, you got me until he gets back. But but as I was thinking and asking the Lord, you know, what, what is it that you'd want to say? This phrase just kept on just coming up in my heart, more than able, more than able, more than able. Matter of fact, it's not just a phrase that I came up with, but Ephesians 3.20 says it this way. The Apostle Paul's writing, and the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I don't know if you, if you know this or if you've ever been told this, but we serve a God who is a supernatural, miracle-working, all-powerful God. God has no limits. I love Luke 137 says it this way, that with God, nothing. Just for good measure, someone say nothing. nothing. That with God, nothing will be impossible. That with God, there's nothing that's off the table. There's nothing that is, that's too big or too far. No, with God, nothing will be impossible. I love Mark 9, 23. It says it the other way. It says, now to him who believes all things, all things are possible. So whether you want to see it from this way or the other way, we serve a God who is a supernatural, miracle-working, all-powerful God. And yet for so many believers, we worship, we acknowledge, we sing songs, we might even have ideas of this wonderful, powerful, all-limitless God, and yet we live very natural, ordinary lives, never experiencing all that God really has to offer. We serve, we worship, we honor a supernatural, miracle-working, wonder-working, all-powerful God that has no limit, and yet we live such normal, ordinary lives that, if we're honest, are somewhat devoid of this supernatural power. Here's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, that the, the, the God we read about in the scripture who has no limit, the God we read about in the scripture who parted the Red Sea, the God we read about in the scripture who spoke words and bodies that were dead came back to life, who, who commanded sight and it came back. The, the supernatural God we read about, he's the same then, today, and tomorrow. And not only is God able, but God is willing. And I just felt in, in, just in my, in my spirit, in my heart, that as I was preparing for these, these next com, uh, coming weeks, that what God wants to do in our church and in our lives, both corporately and individually, is he wants to stir back up in us a spirit of faith. He wants to stir back up in us a spirit of expectation that we don't settle and we don't just live these ordinary, normal lives where, well, it is what it is. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. No, 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 no. No, something in us rises up. You know, I was thinking about this. The mission statement of our church is that we want to be a people in a place where God's love is confirmed, hope is renewed, and faith comes to life. That because we know we have a God who loves us more than we can possibly fathom, because we know that in what Jesus has done, there is hope, a confident expectation of good to come. That no matter where we are, this love and this hope, it causes faith, confidence, expectation to rise up in our heart that no, 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 that might, that might be the way the cookie crumbles for you. But for me, I serve a God who's given me exceedingly precious promises who is more than able to do even exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can think and all that I can ask. Oh, I think God has bigger days, better days ahead of us and that God wants to do something in our midst, but it starts, someone say starts. It starts with faith. See, see here, here's what you have to know about scripture or God's kingdom, um, that faith is the currency of God's kingdom. I don't know what your favorite restaurant is. Uh, someone, re someone recently told me their favorite restaurant uh, was TGI Fridays. And I thought, oh Lord, let's pray for you. You need, I, maybe you like, I, I've never been there and had, had a good dish in my life. I walk in and feel like I need, I need healing. But, but let's, just, let's just say that's what it is. You go and you get your, your meal and it, it costs you money. See, in God's kingdom, faith is the currency. Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be, let it be done. Mark 9, 23, we quoted it a minute ago, but all things are possible to him who believes. The book of James says it this way, that yeah, you should ask God, but don't ask with a doubting heart, for that man shouldn't suppose that he'll receive anything. Why? Because faith is the currency of God's kingdom. And I'll probably say this a couple times today, but, but I think what happens to us is that our faith gets small, our faith gets kind of weak, because we can't see in our heart. We don't have a picture, we don't have a vision of what God has promised and what God wants to do. See, faith comes by, by hearing, kind of, because Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing, but hearing, it's a word that really, it's more of a, it's a picture you get. It, it's a revelation on the inside where you can see something. And here's what I'm just confident about. It is impossible for you to pray, stand in faith, and believe God for that which you cannot see. 
You can't see it on the inside. If you don't, you don't know, you can't see on the inside what God's promised, what God wants to do, the good things God has for your life. Good luck standing in faith and praying and believing God. And because faith is like a muscle, well, we can't see it. I don't have a clear picture in my heart of really what God wants to do. What happens is we stop using it. And like any muscle, there's, there's atrophy. I think what God wants to do in the coming weeks is that God wants to birth in us faith. God wants to strengthen our faith. God even maybe wants to dust the cobwebs off some of our faith and cause our faith to come alive and be awakened again. And the starting place, again, someone said the starting place. The starting place is being able to see it. First Corinthians chapter two, starting in verse nine, I want to read you a few scriptures today. The apostle Paul's writing, and this is what he says. He says, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, I had a middle school pastor. He, he, he used to always say, you got to look for the butts in the Bible because the butts in the Bible are a big deal. Look for the butts in the Bible. And, and, and verse 10 says, but God, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, next verse, the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12, I love this. Now we have received, you might say, I, I haven't received. Let me say it this way. We've all been given the opportunity and the ability to receive. We, we all have the you might be here and you might say, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Today, you have the ability to repent and call upon him and receive freshly the spirit of God. But we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Listen to this, that we might know, that we might see, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things, verse 13 we also speak not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I, I love this last verse, verse 14. But the natural man, the natural man, he doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Actually, they're foolishness to him. They're foolishness to him. Nor can he even know them because they are spiritually discerned. Fourth of July weekend, I'd like to take a little bit of a risk with the title of this sermon. Please don't pack your bags and leave. But if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon today is simply this, dreams, visions, and prophetic words. I believe part of what God wants to do in our church and in our life is God wants to begin to give us dreams. He wants to begin to give us a vision. And he wants to begin to give us words from heaven. Dreams visions and prophetic words. First Corinthians 2, 9, the apostle Paul, he writes, and he says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Can I ask you a question this morning? It is a rhetorical question. Uh, I preach a lot to students and so I got to say that because sometimes people just start shouting things and that would be disruptive to everybody, so don't do that. Um, but rhetorically, let me ask you, do you know that God has good things in store for you? 
I, I don't mean intellectually. I think if all of us today uh, had to pass a multiple choice test, eh, for the most part, we'd probably all pass. Can God do miracles? Yes. Does God still do miracles today? In Africa, yes. All right. Does God want to do something in your life? Yeah. I think probably intellectually we could pass the test, but my question is, on the inside. See, there's a difference in knowing something here and it, it dropping down and being in your heart. I'm asking on the inside, do you know? Are you convinced today? Oh, man, God's got good things for me. Do, do, do you have any, any pep in your step? When, when, when you think about the future, when you think about the days in front of you, or even the circumstance you're in right now, is, is there any optimism and hope that goes, oh man, God's got a great plan for my life. I, I don't know what God's doing, but that song we were singing, even when he's, well, I can't see, I know he's working because I know that God has good things for me. Can I just tell you in case you don't know, God has good things for you. The Bible says in a number of passages, but I'll just sum it up in, in, in a thought. The Bible says before you were born, God knew you. He set you apart and he purposed and planned the days or the, the, the purpose of your life. He says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. And I set you apart unto me and unto this time and I've ordained you or I've put on your life a purpose and a plan. Psalm 139 would say it this way, that all the days of your life before there was even one of them were written in God's book. Ephesians 3.20, or I'm sorry, not 3.20, but 2.10 says we're the, we're the master creation of God. And, and before we were born, there were like things he had for us to do and, and we should walk in those. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan for your life. I'll, I'll give you one better. Not only does God have a purpose and plan, but wherever you are today, God's got provision for where you are today. The Bible says that all things, someone say all things, that all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us. Romans chapter five says today we're standing knee deep, waist deep, maybe chest deep. We're standing in the grace of God. Unearned, undeserved, unmerited love and blessing and favor that's freely been poured upon us. We are standing in the grace of God. The Bible says there, there have been given to us through Jesus exceedingly and abundantly precious promises that pertain to our life here on earth and the life that is to come. Oh, there is provision for where you are today. God's got good things in store for you. But I don't know if you're anything like me. Have you ever, again, you know something intellectually, but you talk yourself out of it? You, you, you ever done this before? Um, like, I don't know if, if this is permissible, and so I still don't do it. But every time I'm in the Harris Teeter parking lot or a grocery store parking lot, and I cruise by the sign that says parking for people with children. I'm always like, I got kids. <laughs> I mean, they're not with me right now, but this sign's not specific though. Like, and I got kids. And, and I start going like, I mean, I know they got cameras and stuff, but the dudes with the purple aprons aren't going to come out and get me. Like they're, they're in there giving away dinosaur cookies. Like I'm, I'm like, no one's going to, no one's going to see me. And, and, and even though I'm like, it's right there, 
with, I got kids. I, I always talk myself, ah, that's not for me, and I'll talk myself out of it. Maybe it's not for me, maybe it's a good thing. But, but we're so good at talking ourselves out of what God has for us. We just are. That's, that's not really applicable to me. Well, wh- wh- why? Tell me about that. Honestly, there's just too many things that have happened to me in my life. A lot of them I, I, I didn't even do. Um, I had really nothing to do with it, but it's just kind of the way life, I just, too many things have happened to me. I just, I don't think any of that really applies anymore. Man, I've, it'd be embarrassing for me to tell you all the things that I've done, knowingly and unknowingly, just the mistakes that I've made, the things that I've done that are just, it, it, it's embarrassing to even think about. Well, you know, you know I've, I've wasted too many years. Maybe if I was, you know, 16 again, Maybe if I was 20 again, I've just, I've wasted so many years. I, I had a, a guy on Father's Day, I was preaching at one of our other campuses. And afterwards he, he came up to me and said, hey, that, that was a great sermon. But with discouragement in his heart, he goes, I just, I wish I would have heard that 30 years ago. Because I feel like I've wasted so many years. I missed it. Can I respectfully tell you that wherever you are today, those are lies and you got to realize that, that that is not the truth of God's word. There's just too many things have happened to me. Well, okay, but the Bible says that while God did not cause it, Romans 8, 28, that he has the ability to work all things together for your good. God may have not caused it. It may not have been the will of God, but I'm telling you right now, God has the ability to work things together for your good to work things out, to arrange things and rearrange things for your good. I've, I've made too many mistakes. I don't know. Because Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. You, you remember the guy Jonah? Remember him from Sunday school? He, he's the guy that literally ran so hard from God that he threw himself off a boat. Going, honestly, it'd be better for me to just die in the ocean than for me to do what God wants me to do. And God swallowed that dude up by a whale. The whale had no teeth, apparently. Didn't eat him, just swallowed him. And carried him right to shore and spit him out. Hey, Jonah, the gift, the calling, still on you, man. See, wherever you are, whatever mistakes you've made, can I just tell you that the grace of God is sufficient God's mercy is new every morning and the gifts, the calling, what he has placed on, it is irrevocable. I've wasted too, wasted too much time. Well, I don't know. Because Psalm 130 verse seven says, hope in God. Put your hope in God for with God, there is abundant. Someone say abundant. There's abundant redemption. That word redemption paints this picture like you dug a giant hole and then you jumped in it and you can't get out. That word redemption paints this picture of God coming through and just pulling you out of a hole that you, maybe you dug it and you can't get out of it, but God, with God, there's abundant redemption. Wherever you are today, God has good things for your life. Matter of fact, write this down if you're taking notes. Just thought number one today, it simply is that, that God, he's got good things for me. Come on, God has good things in store for your life. Life. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most famous verses of all time. I was trying to be funny in first service, and I said it's the most tattooed verse of all times. And everyone looked at me like, it's not funny, man. 
And, and it felt just like this. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, God goes for, I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Not thoughts of evil, good thoughts to give you a hope, to give you a future. I'm telling you, God has good things in store for you. But here's the problem. Here's the disconnect. For so many of us, we just can't see it. We just can't see it. And, and again, I return to my opening thought that if you can't see it, you'll never experience it. You, God's not just walking around doing random things for random people. We're not going, oh man, I hope I, hope I get struck by lightning today. May, maybe God will, no, 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 no. God's not just randomly doing random things for random people. No, no, God, he, he speaks. God, God gives revelation. God opens the eyes of his people. And, and well, it's through seeing what God has for you that you then have the ability to have faith and confidence to receive and walk in that. So here's the question. So how, how do I see it? Brandon, I, I, I know it right here but I can't see it in here. How, how do I see it? Number two, if you're taking notes, you can just jot this down. My second thought today is that you have to be in the spirit. You gotta be in the spirit. First Corinthians 2, 9 through, through 14. We won't read all of it, but we're gonna read some of it. Again, Paul, Paul writes, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. He says, but as it is written, I has not seen, your ear has not heard. It has not entered into your heart the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, thank you, Jesus, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Go with me to verse 12 for time's sake. Verse 12 says this, that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? We spend a lot of time talking about being empowered by the Spirit, which we should, because Acts 1.8 says that when the Holy Spirit comes, that we'll be endued with, with power from on high. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit has also come that we might know something. But we've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we might know the things that have freely been given to us by God. Fast forward the tape to verse 14. And verse 14 says this, but the natural man, the natural man, I, who, who is a Mr. T that said, I pity the fool, I pity the natural man. The natural man, he doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. In fact, they're foolishness to him. You ever been talking to someone before and you're sharing with, with them something that you're really excited about and you can see it, but they can't see it? just sharing something maybe God spoke to you or an idea you had, or, and you can see it right here. And they're looking at you like, what, what is wrong with you? That's like, that'll never work. I was talking to someone recently and um, uh, they had an opportunity and I'm like, hey, did you know there's this opportunity? And it's a great opportunity. And their first comment was, ah, that'll never work. That, that's, that's a terrible idea. And I'm thinking, you, you, you're missing it. The Bible says the, the natural man the man just walking in his natural thinking, walking in his natural ability. Just, well, that's the way the world works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That he, well, he can't see or receive the things of God. It's foolishness to him. Foolishness to him. 
Why? Because the things of God are spiritually, someone say spiritually, are spiritually discerned. See, if, if you have any hope of being able to see, to know those good things that God has for you, his purpose, his plan for your life, the promises he's given you, the guarantees he's made you, the things that he wants to do, you have to see it. And to see it, you have to be in the spirit. Brandon, how in the world do I, do, do I get in the spirit? Or what does it even mean to be in the spirit? I want to give you just three thoughts, just, just quickly. But no, number one, you want to be in the spirit. You got to intentionally set your mind on the things of God. Like being in the spirit is not some mystical out of reach thing. No, it's something very practical and very attainable. We just have to intentionally set our mind, set our thinking on the things of God. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above. Romans 8, 5 said, those who, who are led by the spirit are those who set their mind on the things of the spirit. Do you know how easy this is? This is so easy. I woke up way too early this morning. And I have not had enough coffee, to be honest. I woke up so early because one of my kids, have you ever been woken up at night, kid, firework, got to go to the bathroom, just something? And, and, and you're in that really weird spot where it's like, man, my alarm's going to go off so quickly. And if I go back to sleep, I'll probably just get into the good sleep. Then my alarm's going to go off. And then it's going to be the worst. I'm already awake. My wife, she's like, she's, I'm going back to bed. I don't care. I'm going. The other day we had this discussion. She said, you're cranky. And I said, you need to go to the love and respect class because I don't feel loved or respected. Just kidding. She, she goes, you're cranky. And she goes, you know why? Because you got up too early this morning. And I said, no, I got woken up by our children. She goes, I know. You still went back to bed. I said, I, I would have only had an hour. She goes, that's called a good nap. Take the nap next time. Do us all a favor. Go back to bed. So this morning, one of my kids wakes me up and I had about an hour left till my alarm went off. I'm like, I'm just getting up. So I'm driving in this morning. I didn't do some weird spirit. I just, driving in, I just put on my phone and put, put one of my new favorite worship songs on. I wasn't even praying, just driving, but I'm listening. And, I'm, and all, all of a sudden, I got two minutes away from home and all of a sudden, I just, oh, something shifted and I just felt the presence of God in my car. What, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just setting my mind. I'm setting my thinking. I'm setting my perspective on him. Number two, how do you get in the spirit, stay in the spirit? You gotta fill your heart and your life with the word of God. We, we did this exercise on Wednesday in youth. We will not do it for time's sake. Um, but I was amazed in the worst possible way when I went to my phone and I got the screen time report. Have you ever looked at this before? Don't do it. It's not good for your health. I looked at it and thought, like, things I didn't even know. I, I thought, how did I spend nine minutes on a calculator today? I don't even remember doing any problems today. Nine minutes. But it's amazing the thing we, we spend our time on. I don't really have time. Nah, that's not true. You have time. You have time. You, you, it's, it's how we steward our time. It is not an issue of you having or not having. It is an issue of stewardship. And I'm telling you, part of how we have to steward our life is to say, God, these minutes and these moments you've given me, they, they belong to you. And I steward them by setting my mind, get, get, getting my heart, get, getting my life filled with your word. Joshua 1.8, God says to Joshua, he goes, you better meditate in this book of the law day and night. 
You better meditate in this thing day and night so that you have the ability to walk in what I'm calling you to. Romans 12, two says, you get your mind renewed by my word and then, someone say then, then you'll be able to know what that good, perfect and pleasing will of God is. You gotta get full of the word. And number three, you got to stay. Someone say stay. You gotta stay in the presence of God at all times. John 15, four through five, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you as I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, your degree's doing nothing, bud. Apart from me, all your experience and wisdom and intellect and your discipline, apart from me, you can do nothing of significance. Abide in me. Bible says, I believe Kimberly referenced it this morning, 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, pray and praise continually. It's another one of those things where my, my wife has been so helpful for me as I was complaining. It was just complaining, it's all it was. Uh, complaining about how I just don't have time to spend with God like I really want because we have so many children. And I love my children, but we just have so many of them right now. And, and, and she goes, well, what, what, what do you do in the car? It's none of your business, to be honest. <laughs> she goes, well, what do you do in the car? She goes, well, well, the way I see it is you got 20 minutes to work and 20 minutes home. So why aren't you praying then? Again, you need the class on Wednesday because this is not looking. <laughs> no, she, she had a point, didn't she? Hey, being in God's presence is not this magical place. It's, it's a decision that we make to say, God, I'm, I'm abiding in you today. I'm gonna set my mind on you I'm gonna set my thinking and my heart on you. I'm gonna set the thermostat of my life in the spirit. Fill my life with your word. And then I'm gonna do everything I can to just continue, to continue today in your presence. See, Paul says you, you actually can't see it. No wonder you don't get it because you can't see it. You, you, you can't hear it. You can't receive it in the, in, in the natural Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It has not come into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But the spirit of God has been given to us that we might know. Can I tell you, when we get in the spirit, do you, you know what the result is? You can write this down, third thought today, simply this, and we'll, we'll end here. But it's simply this, when we get in the spirit, the result is that God starts giving us dreams, and visions, and prophetic words. The result is dreams and visions and words that God gives to us. Why? Because we are in the Spirit. You might say, say, Brandon, what is? What is a dream? What is a vision? What is a prophetic word? For time's sake, I just want to read this to you from my notes. Dreams are visions and words. Visions and words revealed and spoken while one is asleep. For one to dream is for one to be inspired by God to imagine and see a world outside of the one they're currently living in. What, what is it to have a vision? Visions are to have divine or God revelation on the inside, to be able to see what God desires to do, what he's going to do, to see something on the inside. Someone say the inside to see something on the inside that is not yet a reality on the outside. 
to have visions to be able to see past the moment. Can I ask you a question? Can you see past this moment right now? I, I know the circumstance, the situation, the place you're, but can you see past this moment? Can, can, can you see past today? Can you see past the challenge? Can you see past the disappointment? Can you see past the present to see what God is wanting to do? What God has promised that he, he would do? What, what is a prophetic word? Well, very simply put, prophetic words are to hear words from God concerning what his will is, what he desires to do or is going to do, and then to bring forth those words through, through declaring your words. To have prophetic words are to both hear and come into agreement with the revealed will of God and use the authority that's been given to you to bring that forth through your words. You know what dreams and visions and prophetic words all have in common? They have to do with seeing. They have to do with on the inside being able to see what, what God has promised. To see what God wants to do. To see what, the, what God's will, what his desire, the good things that he has in store for you. I'm telling you, I believe God, he wants to begin to give us dreams that we would dream again. We, we, we begin to see a world that is bigger than the one we're currently living in. I believe God wants to begin to give us visions. We have vision for our life and vision for our family and vision for our church to see past the moment. I believe God wants to begin to give us words, things that I, 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 I know, I'm aware. But man, I got this word I'm carrying in my heart. I, I feel like God spoke to me at the altar the other day. I came forward and I was receiving prayer because I didn't know what to do. And I felt like as I was getting prayed for, God, God gave me a word. He helped me through, through words to see something on the inside that I'm now so in faith for that I'm committed to, to speaking it and declaring it and bringing it forth. Brandon, how could you be so confident that God wants to give to us dreams and visions and prophetic words? We, we close with this. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse, verse 28, but it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Verse 29, and also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Well, yeah, but it, it says those days. How do you know those days are these days? I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. It filled the house and it filled every believer and they begin to see something on the inside. How, how do I know that they begin to have dreams and visions and prophetic words? Because Peter stands up and Peter goes, guys, okay, I, I know there's been rumor that they're like, they're drunk with wine or something, but they, they're not drunk with wine. And Peter says in Acts chapter two, verse 16 and 17, he says, but this, but this, Acts chapter two, verse 16, he says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, Peter goes, you know, those days, they're these days. Hey, remember what Joel said? Those days, no, they're, they're these days. We're living in those days now. And he said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will, not I might, not I could, no, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall begin to hear words from heaven and begin to be so convinced on the inside of their reality, they'll begin to bring them forth. Your, your sons will begin to, to prophesy. Your young men will begin to see visions. Your young men will begin to see past the moment. I know where we are and I know what it looks like, but I can see something on the inside, a promised future that God's opened my eyes to. And your old men shall dream dreams. That dreaming is gonna start happening again. I, I think part of what God wants to, to say to someone today is there's some dreams you need to dust off. You've stopped dreaming You've stopped imagining. You've stopped allowing God to help you and to cause you to see a world that's bigger than the one you're living in right now. Oh, God said in the last days, I'm gonna pour out my spirit and dreams are gonna begin to happen again. The dreams and visions and prophetic words will come. Verse 18, for on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'm gonna pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Hear me this morning, those days are these days. Those days are these days. And I don't know if you're convinced, but I'm convinced God has good things in store for you. God has good things in store for you. I don't care what's happened to you, what you've done or how, how many years or how much money or how much time you've wasted. With God, there is abundant redemption. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is new every morning. The gift, the calling on your life, it is still on your shoulders. I believe God wants to open our eyes. Why? Because, because Paul said, you can't see it. You can't hear it. You, you don't know it. But, but when you get in the spirit... The Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will begin to make known to you. The Holy Spirit's been given to us that we might know and see the things freely given to us by God. I wish, like I really do. I, I wish that, that, that I could just do it for you. I, I do. But the reality is that every single one of us, we have a decision to make. God, will I live my life in the Spirit? or will I live my life in the natural? You know, you can come to church, take notes, be a part of a small group, raise your hands in worship, and still be living in the natural. It's, it, it's a decision you make to say, God, I want my life to be in the spirit. And we have a decision to make that if I live in the natural, well, the Bible is just really clear. Like it's super plain. Ah, it's a, it's a bummer, man. Because you'll never be able to see or receive what God has for you. And what, what a wasted opportunity. Because everything God wants to do in your life, it's going to be foolishness to you. Ah, it's, that's foolishness. Bummer. Bummer to think about the potential of standing on the other side of eternity and looking back and realizing how much you left on the table, how much God wanted to do for you, how much God wanted to use your life to make a difference how much God wanted to use you to impact and change the, what, what a waste. We can live in the natural, probably still go to heaven. 
we just miss everything God has for us on this side of eternity. Or we can be men and women of God who we get in the spirit. God, this is not mystical. This is not difficult. This is not unattainable. This is just called intentional. I get up every day. I say, God, help me today to not live in the natural, but to live in in the spirit. Oh, I choose today, God, to set my mind and my thinking on the things of God. I welcome you today. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me freshly today. Would you give me eyes to see that which I cannot see right now? Would you give me ears to hear your voice even in the mundane moments? Give me a heart, God, that would be able to receive. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.